0: part three chapter seven section one a of the possessed by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three chapter seven stepan trofimovitch's last wandering section one a i am persuaded that stepan trofimovitch was terribly frightened as he felt the time fixed for his insane enterprise drawing near i am convinced that he suffered dreadfully from terror especially on the night before he started that awful night nastasia mentioned afterwards he had gone to bed late and fallen asleep but that proves nothing men sentenced to death sleep very soundly they say even the night before their execution though he set off by daylight when a nervous man is always a little more confident and the major virginsky's relative used to give up believing in god every morning when the night was over yet i am convinced he could never without horror have imagined himself alone on the high road in such a position no doubt a certain desperation in his feelings softened at first the terrible sensation of sudden solitude in which he at once found himself as soon as he had left Nastassia. And the corner in which he had been warm and snug for twenty years, but it made no difference. Even with the clearest recognition of all the horrors awaiting him, he would have gone out to the high road and walked along it. There was something proud in the undertaking which allured him, in spite of everything. Oh, he might have accepted Varvara Petrovna's luxurious provision and had remained living on her charity, comme un humble dépendant, but he had not accepted her charity and was not remaining and here he was leaving her of himself and holding aloft the standard of a great idea and going to die for it on the open road that is how he must have been feeling that's how his action must have appeared to him another question presented itself to me more than once why did he run away that is literally run away on foot rather than simply drive away i put it down at first to the impracticability of fifty years and the fantastic bent of his mind under the influence of strong emotion i imagined that the thought of posting tickets and horses even if they had bells would have seemed too simple and prosaic to him a pilgrimage on the other hand even under an umbrella was ever so much more picturesque and in character with love and resentment but now that everything is over i am inclined to think that it all came about in a much simpler way to begin with he was afraid to hire horses because varvara petrovna might have heard of it and prevented him from going by force which he certainly would have done and he certainly would have given in and then farewell to the great idea for ever besides to take tickets for anywhere he must have known at least where he was going but to think about that was the greatest agony to him at that moment he was utterly unable to fix upon a place for if he had to fix on any particular town his enterprise would at once have seemed in his own eyes absurd and impossible he felt that very strongly what should he do in that particular town rather than in any other look out for ce marchand but what marchand at that point his second and most terrible question cropped up in reality there was nothing he dreaded more than ce marchand whom he had rushed off to seek so recklessly though of course he was terribly afraid of finding him no better simply the high road better simply to set off for it and walk along it and to think of nothing so long as he could put off thinking the high road is something very very long of which one cannot see the end like human life like human dreams there is an idea in the open road but what sort of idea is there in travelling with posting tickets posting tickets mean an end to ideas vive la grande Route and then as god wills after the sudden and unexpected interview with liza which i have described he rushed on more lost in forgetfulness than ever the high road passed half a mile from skvoreshniki and strange to say he was not at first aware that he was on it logical reasoning or even distinct consciousness was unbearable to him at this moment a fine rain kept drizzling ceasing and drizzling again but he did not even notice the rain he did not even notice either how he threw his bag over his shoulder nor how much more comfortably he walked with it so he must have walked like that for nearly a mile or so when he suddenly stood still and looked round the old road black marked with wheel ruts and planted with willows on each side ran before him like an endless thread on the right hand were bare plains from which the harvest had long ago been carried on the left there were bushes and in the distance beyond them a copse and far far away a scarcely perceptible line of the railway running aslant and on it the smoke of a train but no sound was heard stepan trofimovitch felt a little timid but only for a moment he heaved a vague sigh put down his bag beside a willow and sat down to rest as he moved to sit down he was conscious of being chilly and wrapped himself in his rug noticing at the same time that it was raining he put up his umbrella he sat like that for some time moving his lips from time to time and firmly grasping the umbrella handle images of all sorts passed in feverish procession before him rapidly succeeding one another in his mind Lise Lise he thought and with her Sue maurice strange people but what was the strange fire and what were they talking about and who were murdered i fancy nastasya has not yet found out and is still waiting for me with my coffee cards did i really lose men at cards hmm. among us in russia in the times of serfdom so called my god yes fedka he started all over with terror and looked about him what if that fedka is in hiding somewhere behind the bushes they say he has a regular band of robbers here on the high road. Oh mercy, I, I I'll tell him the whole truth then that I was to blame and that I've been miserable about him for 10 years, more miserable than he was as a soldier, and I'll give him my purse. Hmm. Je coron Il prendra le et il me et il tout de même. In his panic, he for some reason shut up the umbrella and laid it down beside him. A cart came into sight on the high road in the distance coming from the town. Gras adieu, dieu! That's a cart, and it's coming at a walking pace. That can't be dangerous. The wretched little horses here. I always said that breed. It, it was Pyotr Ilyich, though. He talked at the club about horse breeding, and I trumped him. Et puis? But well, what's that behind?' I believe there's a woman in the cart a peasant and a woman cela commence a etre rassurant the woman behind and the man in front c'est très rassurant there's a cow behind the cart tied by the horns c'est rassurant au plus haut degre. the cart reached him it was a fairly solid peasant cart the woman was sitting on a tightly stuffed sack and the man on the front of the cart with his legs hanging over towards stepan Trofimovitch, a red cow was in fact shambling behind tied by the horns to the cart the man and the woman gazed open-eyed at stepan trofimovitch and stepan trofimovitch gazed back at them with equal wonder but after he had let them pass twenty paces he got up hurriedly all of a sudden and walked after them in the proximity of the cart it was natural that he should feel safer but when he had overtaken it he became oblivious of everything again and sank back into his disconnected thoughts and fancies he stepped along with no suspicion of course that for the two peasants he was at that instant the most mysterious and interesting object that one could meet on the high road what sort may you be pray if it's not uncivil to ask the woman could not resist asking at last when stepan trofimovitch glanced absent-mindedly at her she was a woman of about seven-and-twenty sturdily built with black eyebrows rosy cheeks and a friendly smile on her red lips between which gleamed white even teeth you you are addressing me muttered stepan trofimovitch with mournful wonder a merchant for sure the peasant observed confidently he was a well-grown man of forty with a broad and intelligent face framed in a reddish beard no i am not exactly a merchant i i uh, moi c'est autre chose stepan trofimovitch parried the question somehow and to be on the safe side he dropped back a little from the cart so that he was walking on a level with the cow must be a gentleman the man decided hearing words not russian and he gave a tug at the horse that's what set us wondering you are out for a walk seemingly the woman asked inquisitively again "You." you ask me foreigners come from other parts sometimes by the train your boots don't seem to be from hereabouts they are army boots the man put in complacently and significantly no i am not precisely in the army i what an inquisitive woman stepan trofimovitch mused with vexation and how they stare at me mes enfants in fact it's strange that i feel as it were conscience-stricken before them and yet i've done them no harm the woman was whispering to the man. If it's no offence, we give you a lift, if so be it's agreeable. Stepan Trofimovitch suddenly roused himself. Yes, yes, my friends, I accept it with pleasure, for I'm very tired. But how am I to get in? How wonderful it is, he thought to himself, that I've been walking so long beside that cow, and it never entered my head to ask them for a lift. This real life has something very original about it but the peasant had not however pulled up the horse but where are you bound for he asked with some mistrustfulness stepan trofimovitch did not understand him at once to hatovo i suppose hatov no not to hatovs exactly and i don't know him though i've heard of him no the village of hatovo the village seven miles from here a village c'est charmant to be sure i've heard of it Stepan Trofimovitch was still walking. They had not yet taken him into the cart. A guess that was a stroke of genius flashed through his mind. You think perhaps that I am—I've got a passport and I am a professor, if you like. That is a teacher, but a head teacher. I am a head teacher. We say comme ça, comme traduire. I am very glad of a lift, and I'll buy you—I'll buy you a quart of vodka for it. It'll be half a rouble, sir. It's a bad road or it wouldn't be fair to ourselves put in the woman half a rouble very good then half a rouble c'est encore mieux. J'ai en tout rouble mais. the peasant stopped the horse and by their united efforts stepan trofimovitch was dragged into the cart and seated on the sack by the woman he was still pursued by the same whirl of ideas sometimes he was aware himself that he was terribly absent-minded and that he was not thinking of what he ought to be thinking of and wondered at it this consciousness of abnormal weakness of mind became at moments very painful and even humiliating to him how how is this you've got a cow behind he suddenly asked the woman what do you mean sir as though you'd never seen one laughed the woman we bought it in the town the peasant put in our cattle died last spring the plague all the beasts have died round us all of them there aren't half of them left it's heartbreaking. and again he lashed the horse which had got stuck in a rut yes that does happen among you in russia in general we russians uh, well yes it happens stepan trofimovitch broke off if you are a teacher what are you going to Hatovo for maybe you are going on farther i i'm not going farther precisely say a dear i'm going to a merchant's to spasov i suppose yes yes to spasov but that's no matter if you are going to spasov and on foot it will take you a week in your boots laughed the woman i dare say i dare say no matter mes amis no matter stepan trofimovitch cut her short impatiently awfully inquisitive people but the woman speaks better than he does and i notice that since february nineteenth their language has altered a little and and what business is it of mine whether i'm going to spasov or not besides i'll pay them so why do they pester me if you are going to Spasov, you must take the steamer the peasant persisted that's true indeed the woman put in with animation for if you drive along the bank it's twenty-five miles out of the way thirty-five you'll just catch the steamer at ustjevo at two o'clock to-morrow the woman decided finally but stepan trofimovitch was obstinately silent his questioners too sank into silence the peasant tugged at his horse at rare intervals the peasant woman exchanged brief remarks with him stepan trofimovitch fell into a doze he was tremendously surprised when the woman laughing gave him a poke and he found himself in a rather large village at the door of a cottage with three windows you've had a nap sir what is it where am i ah yes wh- well never mind sighed stepan trofimovitch and he got out of the cart he looked about him mournfully the village scene seemed strange to him and somehow terribly remote and the half-rouble i was forgetting it he said to the peasant turning to him with an excessively hurried gesture he was evidently by now afraid to part from them we'll settle indoors walk in the peasant invited him it's comfortable inside the woman said reassuringly stepan trofimovitch mounted the shaky steps how can it be he murmured in profound and apprehensive perplexity he went into the cottage however et la voulu he felt a stab at his heart and again he became oblivious of everything even of the fact that he had gone into the cottage it was a light and fairly clean peasant's cottage with three windows and two rooms not exactly an inn but a cottage at which people who knew the place were accustomed to stop on their way through the village stepan trofimovitch quite unembarrassed went to the foremost corner forgot to greet anyone sat down and sank into thought meanwhile a sensation of warmth extremely agreeable after three hours of travelling in the damp was suddenly diffused throughout his person even the slight shivers that spasmodically ran down his spine such as always occur in particularly nervous people when they are feverish and have suddenly come into a warm room from the cold became all at once strangely agreeable he raised his head and the delicious fragrance of the hot pancakes with which the woman of the house was busy at the stove tickled his nostrils with a childlike smile he leaned towards the woman and suddenly said what's that are they pancakes mais c'est charmant would you like some sir the woman politely offered him at once i should like some i certainly should and may i ask you for some tea too said stepan trofimovitch reviving get the samovar with the greatest pleasure end of part three chapter seven section one a recording by expatriate in bangor maine